There are sagas of undersea outlaws And the great soggy deeds that they did But the saltiest thief to come down the reef Was the outlaw named Billy the Squid Dirty Hooers. Cross-Atlantic nitpicking about Doctor Who. From four grown adults who should probably know better. From four grown adults who should probably be working. We're not afraid to say it like it is. All the word bollocks. www.dirtywhoers.com Follow us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. If you like that kind of thing. Also on Facebook. Deal with it. Geronimo! Fantastic. L on C. Cock. With your hosts. Number one assistant. Terry Lightfoot. Oolong stutters. Stutter. Resident Pixie. Fuchsia Begonia. Lord President. Sam. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. The last time we were together, well, time before, actually. Well, time is relative. If it is relative, why doesn't it turn up to my birthday party? The Power of Krull is what we're going to be reviewing. Ugh. Hey? Yeah, well, you get what you pay for and it's free. <laughs> At least it sounds pretty good with that voice. Thank you. So, we're going back to the tenure of Tom Baker. The season with Mary Tam as Romana Warren. John Nathan Turner and Graham Williams producing. Directed by Norman Stewart. I couldn't find very much on Norman Stewart. I normally like to have a look at the directors and things, but I couldn't find very much on the chat. But written by Robert Holmes, who, as we all know, has written a plethora of his shit. This is season 16, four episodes, under half an hour each. And we're going back to 1978, so the year after the Queen's Silver Jubilee, the year after Star Wars came out, just to put it in context. There's a great difference between this, however, and the special effects of Star Wars. (laughs) (laughs) Just a bit. Um, After this was Armageddon Factor, before this was Androids of Tara, which I actually have a big soft spot for, even though I know it's bollocks. Mm. Um, This, of course, is part of the big sweeping key to time story arc which is why Romana's there in the first place. Basically, the Doctor and Romana are given a stick and they're told to go off and collect the pieces of key to time. <laughs> and shove it in things. And we only get yeah. to see it the once because there were no repeats back there, so we were never really sure why they were doing it because it was like mentioned once and, and nobody seemed to mention it yeah. again for like ages. And they end up with this sort of methane refinery. <laughs> yes. Yes, I think methane refinery covers it quite nicely. <laughs> yeah, it really does. Fart yeah. processing plant. I just kept thinking, does the planet smell like a big fart? I would imagine yeah. so, yes. Yeah. Yes, which may explain why the population are green. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they look like sort of half-transformed hulks and are known as swampies. Now, swampy was a character in England who lived in a tree. And uh, Do you remember swampy? Fuchsia? I don't actually know. You don't remember Swampy? Oh. And he used to write in the Times, and he was he was one of those protesters that oh, lived him. in trees. Yeah, oh, yes. Swampy. Anyway, I couldn't help but think of Swampy and these oh, skinny yeah. little green guys. But anyway, no, I you wanted us to ask you to say things with your sexy porn star voice. Go on, what do you want? Got to do the power of crawl compels you. The power oh. of crawl compels you. <laughs> the power of crawl compels you. The power <laughs> of crawl compels you. 
You know what? Highly appropriate to do that. You would have green vomit. Mm. If you drink enough Aldebaran whiskey, you'll puke. Actually, I think it's really helping. The amount of coffee and whiskey I've drunk tonight. In case you didn't know, folks, we actually do usually do two episodes back to back because it's the only way we can actually all get together. It'll be like two months before our schedules meet again. So I guess it comes down to what did we think of this? Have we all watched it recently, like this week? Yes. Lunch Mm -hmm. today. Not really. Took notes when I did, so. I didn't, but I've still got plenty to say. Me too. Okay. So let's have some numbers. Terry, would you like to go first? It's been a while, actually, since we explained our rating. Yes. And it helps to talk about prostitutes when you have a voice like this. Yes, go for it. I'll do it from the diaphragm. Here we go. Our rating system is based upon how much one would pay for a 70s gigolo or prostitute, starting with the free BJ, way down at the bottom if an episode is too abysmal to contemplate, also known as the Bangkok BJ, or the Channing Surprise. <laughs> it sounds like a quality street, doesn't it? Right. Moving. Yeah, it sounds like you're presenting the one that John Houseman used to present um, on American TV. The, the, yeah, you're basically yeah, yeah. the one Master where you used to show all the previous dramas. Masterpiece Theatre. Mm-hmm. Masterpiece prostitutes. And of course, we have uh, dollar values attached to our gigolos or prostitutes, and we can award them special concessions, tips, if you will. Five dollars, ten dollars, $20, and of course, the highest of all, the greatest accolade, the $50 whore. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Well, let's have some... <laughs> oh, that really hurts, actually. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Let's have some ratings. I give this one a 10. It's pretty middle of the road. It's not horrible, horrible, but it's really... I couldn't say it was fantastic or anything. I'm going to give this one a flat 20. Yeah, there's things wrong with it, but I do have a soft spot for it. Five. <sighs> oh, we're all over the board, aren't we? Just a flat five. <laughs> Yeah, I had a really crass, nasty comment to go with it, but we just lost Mary Tam not that long ago, oh. so flat five. Well, as you know, I rate it compared to a doctor's tenure, so I'm just going to have to go with ten, I'm afraid. But quite a reasonable ten. But my tip will be something like, don't eat yellow snow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm sure you could recommend the Swampy's a good hairdresser. Why are there no Swampy women? What? Yes, that's so, what we were wondering. Who knits their hair? <laughs> How do they reproduce? There's no kids, no women, nothing. They're really lonely people there. Really? And then the, they meet one woman, and they decide to kill her. They meet a stone-cold hottie. Uh, I know, right? that's what they do with her. Yeah, really? They were really fucked up. I think you got a good point about the hottie, and I'd kind of forgotten. It's been a very long time since I've watched Power of Crawl. I'd kind of forgotten how fucking good Romana one is. How compatible she is with Tom Baker's Doctor. Because by this time, Tom Baker was fucking completely off on one. He was in his prime years of doing whatever the fuck he wanted, and they were just saying, yeah, Tom, yeah, whatever you, God, whatever, Tom. Yeah, shag somebody in the costume, we don't care, take it home. Mary Tam is his equal. She's just as good an actress, despite not having done that much before. I was watching uh, Ipcris Files over Christmas. Of course, she's in Ipcris Files. I was stunned. And even you can tell Tom's put a lot of ad-libs into this. But she's got retorts to some of those ad-libs. You can feel it. Yeah. yeah. She rolls with the punches really well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Romana's one of my favorite companions. Romana 1 and Romana 2, but for different reasons. But I'd really forgotten just how strong their relationship... I always got the impression he never really got on with Louise Jameson. I think Tom somehow felt he was bending down to Louise Jameson's level in some way. 
I think she was the next strongest companion, possibly after Sarah Jane. I think it, it was what Tom needed. It's a shame that, unfortunately, she got pregnant and had to toddle off. Oh, is that why she disappeared? Yeah, I, I would have loved her to have hung around for a couple more seasons. I remember really liking her as a kid as well, as well as her being hottie, though obviously Joe Grant was my Doctor Who hottie of choice. But yeah, just the relationship between the two of them I think is great. I think it's very unique Paracrawl because it is actually one of the very few episodes where the set does wobble. <laughs> and it only wobbles yeah. a few seconds, yeah. but it's because of that set wobble that when you mention old Doctor Who to people, they say, oh, the set's wobble. Like, Fucking don't, it's only Paracrawl. Uh, no, it's a few more than that, but yeah, I've that is one of the major offenders. I've seen it wobble in a few more. You're possibly right, but I do remember, <laughs> well, even when I was a kid, thinking, hey, the set just wobbled. Mind. The effects, I think they were great for the time that they were shot. I was I was totally sold on it. Yeah, the water tank's a bit ropey when it's attacking the uh, methane refinery. It just, just sort of flobble around, and they do say, oh, I've just counted 30 tentacles on this side and 30 tentacles on this side, and it's got, like, four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With yeah, the special effects guys were probably reading that part in the script and going, fuck! Really? Yeah. Yeah, what are they thinking? Yeah, oh, they're probably just didn't even get those pages. I'm never sure if that's like an extra mouth or an eye on Kroll either, but I do, mm. I do kind of like it. A Kroll is so alien, but there's an awful lot of, oh, that's handy, Kroll's just popped up. There's a lot of very kind of handy things just sort of happen, but nowadays I don't think we'd let wash, but because it's so... It's so fucking old and part of our childhood, I think. Well, I let it get away with all. What about things popping up? I did love the hand gesture for Kroll. I, I have no idea why sticking your right forearm up in the air represents a gigantic squid. <laughs> when they were pitching this, it was supposed to have the largest monster in the series' history. And I think other than the Drassigs, which are also like... Based, oh, yeah, they're big. It was just about the biggest monster. I think it is the monster we've ever had, isn't it? Oh, no. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe the Devil Satan thing was as big. Oh, that was pretty big. And yeah, the planet in The Doctor's Wife was probably yeah, quite big. True. Yeah, that's... Mm. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they had a budget to work under, and I think they did marvellously. <laughs> the tentacles are still better than, than John Pertwee wrestling some of the tentacles that he wrestled. God love him. <laughs> or the phone cord. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, the phone cord. Oh, that, <laughs> that's just adorable. <laughs> yeah, it is adorable, isn't it? It's so sweet. And it's, it is. I don't wish to come across as this is some kind of mediocre review. I really enjoyed it. I can't <laughs> find much good to say about it. It's a Tom Baker episode with modern eyes. Well, they're all kind of a bit... Yeah. Tom Baker has never been my favorite. Now that I, I later learn what was going on on set, I obviously didn't know any of that when I was a kid, but there was just something about him that didn't captivate me, and I didn't become the die-hard Doctor Who fan until PBS went back and started the series over again, and I really got into it during Pertwee, and that's who captivated me a couple years later. Yeah, it was fine, but what bugged me about this episode was that Doctor Who is actually really good at creating native races with backstory and culture. And, and history and religion. And they always look cheesy and the sets always look dumb. And, and they usually have their typically dumb, you know, native dance and bad hair and things like that. That's all fine. This but one really was it really did, in that but, department. But forget the visuals for a minute. Usually they do a pretty darn good job of creating a culture. 
right. with, with some unique alien things about it and a culture with a backstory. I'm thinking in my mind right now, you know, episodes like Planet of the Daleks and the or Ark Leela's. in Space. Yeah, it's cheesy. It's the Baker era. But there's a lot of thought that goes into these civilizations. And this one just really felt like it was thrown together at the last minute. Uh, they're green and <laughs> and and they're closet cheerleaders. And they're all kind of like students or something. I yeah. just keep thinking of that chick on the beach with the cornrows on her hair in oh, 10. Bo Derek. Just when I see those guys all There's in just, green, it just is like Bo Derek got sprayed. The old Doctor Who's really felt like fantastical journeys of imagination that were produced in an era that just didn't have the resources to see them through visually. And this just wasn't. It just wasn't there. It wasn't happening for yeah. me. If we're sticking to Ulan's thing about judging against others from the era, Tom Baker may not be my favorite, but damn, there's some great TV during his era. And I'm sorry, if I'm really being honest and you put this up against The Deadly Assassin or even Legopolis, this actually borders on the Bangkok, but, you know. (laughs) I actually think there's some pretty good acting from other people in it, though. And it's really nice to see John Leeson, because obviously they couldn't use K-9 because of the swamp. Yeah. Appalling he's character. the guy behind the computer most of the time, right? Yeah. Scanning. Yeah. The one who's actually doing some acting. The sympathetic yeah. Dude. yeah. Very good. Hello, this is K9, and I approve this message regarding Dirty Who Earth. Most satisfactory. And I thought his cohort, too, I forget his name, not, not the boss guy, but the second in command. Oh, the one who felt like a sort of Regency Napoleonic War lieutenant oh, you mean on Philip a ship or something. It was all very right. O'Neill in line. I don't know why. But it also felt very naturally acted. Both of those guys did a really good job. And, of course, Mary Tam. I love Sarah Jane Smith. I really do. And and I know your extreme soft spot for her, Olin. <laughs> but Mary Tam, and the more of this era I watch, she may be just about full stop my favorite companion she's got it all she's just drop dead hot great actress a well-written mm-hmm. character an equal for the doctor and a true equal for the doctor yeah. not a human that's pretending she, in this I, season certainly certainly i'm not nearly as big a fan of romana too i'm starting to think that now as a really seasoned doctor who fan who's you know loved the classic series forever and then the new series came along and i'm happy with that is that the the companions that work the best are the ones that are on equal footing and aren't worshiping Mm -hmm. the doctor or licking his boots yeah yeah the donna's and Mm -hmm. ian's and and yeah ones of the series are just so and sarah jane are just Mm -hmm. so strong yeah yeah because they question the doctor they make him think they cause the doctor to take action on things because of something they say or do. I really think that John Leeson and Mary Tam saved this episode and made it fun to sit down and watch. Because mm-hmm. I did enjoy watching it. But mm-hmm. were it not for the performance of those two, I don't think it would have had a lot of redeeming qualities. Mm. Yeah. I remember growing up and always noticing that when I happened to go gaga over a story, Robert Holmes, he was the writer. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds like Chang. It started and I was, oh, Robert Holmes is the writer on this. I didn't realize. Oh, and then, I mean, I'd already seen this one 
centuries ago in another survey <laughs> generation, but I hadn't watched it in so long, right? So, okay, I'll watch it again, and it's Robert Holmes. This is going to be good. And then I was like, oh, no, it's not good. What's going on with this opening scene and this dialogue with these people? It's so flat. He's a gunrunner. Yes, he's a gunrunner. I think I, I think oh, he's a yeah. gunrunner. Is he a gunrunner? Yeah, he's a fucking gunrunner. Okay, fuck. When is the doctor and Ramana going to get into this? Because this is really bad. You can um, tell him by the floppy hat, which he doesn't have. <laughs> yeah. And, as I was looking for written quotes online, I saw someone had quoted Robert Holmes, and he was basically saying, they asked me to make the biggest monster there yeah. had ever been on Doctor Who, and I knew right away that it was going to suck. Yeah, <laughs> so, budget for it, absolutely. Yeah, and he wasn't excited about doing the script at all, and I, I think you can tell. He's just not into it. The dialogue, in parts, in some moments, it gets really good, usually with the Doctor Romana. For example, that scene where they're tied up with vines and they're getting stretched and they're sitting there and you're like, how the fuck are they going to get out of this, right? He can't reach for the screwdriver. What's going to happen? And then what he does, you know, it's just so fucking goofy. It's ridiculous, and, isn't it? In the sound effect Stupid of it. Was so, oh, my God. <laughs> God. Oh my god, yeah. I was terrible sound effect. I was mortally embarrassed. I was just it like, was, oh my god, thank god no one's watching this with me. Because there's no way I could justify that I like Doctor Who with a scene like this. Yes, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, but the really weird thing about that scene, that's not the worst thing about that scene. The worst thing about that scene is the fact that the guy who's nearly a foot shorter than Romana is absolutely fine on the stretching rack and yet she's <laughs> close to bursting. Oh yeah. I, I know, and, and Tom's like not giving a shit. Yeah. Even though he's like, like six foot four. What? He's just like, That's because he fills the entire frame. It's not stretching him anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's not going to do anything to him. It's, I mean, I think it's definitely the weakest of this. Oh, I don't know, though, is it? Oh, no, it's not. Yeah. It's not the weakest no, of the key to worse. time, not by a long way. Isn't it? Worse. What's worse? What's worse than this? What were the other stories? There was the one... Oh, Pirate Planet. The Russian... Oh, I love Pirate Planet. Moves I love like Pirate Planet. Oh, come on. Doesn't that... The one Stones that has... Of blood. Oh, come on. Stones of Blood. That has Drax in it? The the Time Lord Drax? Isn't he in, in Pirate Planet? Or am I getting confused? I like Pirate no, Planet. he's in the last one, isn't he? He's in the one with Princess Peach. Yeah. Princess Peach. <laughs> She looks like Princess Peach. I tell you, she just always reminds me of Princess Peach. I can't believe this is the same guy that wrote Caves of Andrazani, though. I know. Uh, what the fuck were um, thinking? I don't know. What's up with the hovercraft? I was really bothered by the hovercraft. I know I'm being stupid and pedantic, but why did it have to be so freaking loud? Because they, they are. Have, <laughs> would they have quiet hovercrafts by then? Not the, to that no, point not in the really. 70s. No, they didn't. Far, in <laughs> the, no, I mean, stuff, not in the it? 70s. I mean in the far-flung future on other planets. Oh. Hello? Couldn't they have just muted that in the soundtrack or something? Uh, It's just ridiculous. I know no one else in the universe is bothered by that, but it bothered me. It is a bad sign, isn't it, when the race that you're supposed to feel sympathetic about, you just want them to fucking die because they're so stupid. I want to slap those guys. They're (laughs) imbeciles. Slap the fucking green out of them. That's what I They were imbeciles. (laughs) The second in command one was okay. But yeah, I mean. Well, you've got to feel sorry for them. No women or. Children. I love it when the doctor, you know, he goes down to that hole, finds this like freaking Bible, sacred Bible yeah, thing. Fuck? Or it's like a hole. And then drops it in and it just goes, plop. Reads this thing. It's like some ancient, ancient text. And then he just sort of like tosses it Runs back it. in. Whatever. Yeah. Fuck. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> You're a dickhead, doctor. You know that? <laughs> <laughs> he just 
no respect at all. That's probably Tom, though, isn't it? Yes, and I'd like it to go plop. That'd be really funny. Yes, whatever you say, Tom. Of course, just don't sleep with my wife. Yes, we'll see about that. It's not quite as tub-thumping as some of Robert Holmes's other ones. I mean, the two doctors' vegetarian message is somewhat rammed home with a giant carrot. But, you know, yeah, it's it's not his best script by a long way. <laughs> oh, my good Lord, no. <laughs> I do have a soft spot for this, mostly on the basis of John Leeson and Philip Maddock's performances, although Philip Maddock is actually chronically wasted in this. He just yeah. wants to do a great deal. Because he's done some great villains and things in the past. Oh, yeah. I Solon being my all-time favourite. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it the war general in the war games? Yeah. Is the overall controller? Mm. God, he's terrifying in that. Yeah. Of course, also, we lost him last year as well. So it was actually quite sad watching this in some ways. We watched mm. The Key to Time last year because I'd never seen all of it because on the original run by this point, I'd given up. I gave up partway through Leela. So, you know, I, I didn't get to see Mary Tam as Romana. The really weird thing is that I remember her regenerating into Lala Ward. Oh, we don't but having talk. Watched shh, Peter shh, Time, never happened. We're not going down. It never happened. Shh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> happy thoughts. <laughs> but, you see, I don't remember watching any of the Key to Time, which is really odd. Mary Tam was very wobbly at the beginning of Key to Time, but, yes, by this point in time, she'd hit a stride. She was definitely his equal. The relationship between them is great. It's nice to see someone giving him as good... She hadn't been downloaded to being a screamer yet. Yeah. Um, so it's it's nice to see her still giving it what for. John Leeson, it's just so nice to see him in front of the camera. Yeah, it is, and isn't he's it? He's a lovely bloke. I mean, yeah. We love John Leeson. He's a smashing guy, and, it is, and he does a really brilliant job. <laughs> and I just think it's hilarious that whenever they do a base under siege, the company always manages to put the most mentally unstable person possible in charge yeah. of it. <laughs> you know what, though? Like... I live in the United States, and I'm pretty sure that's how most corporate CEOs are. So... <laughs> It's actually pretty realistic. <laughs> and the really weird thing is I always get him confused with the guy who's the colour sergeant in Zulu, so it always makes me giggle when he gets a spear in the chest at the end. It's very nice of him. <laughs> I mean, it isn't. It's not even vaguely the same guy. <laughs> it just makes I know what you mean, smile. yeah. <laughs> the tentacle wrestling is hilarious, although oh, yeah. it's much better done than the telephone cord. I know, the there's a lot that, of people you know, get dragged up that pipe, isn't there? <laughs> it's... Just, oh. The really sad thing about it is that John Abinair is usually a very good actor, and even he can't engender any sympathy in the Swampy. He's the, the chief priest of the Swampies. Seriously, it must be very hard when you're given a knitted fucking woolly haircut, painted, <laughs> and you have to was, run around the middle of Sussex on a freezing cold fucking evening. It's cold. Was it Sussex? And I mean, that must have been a bloody miserable experience, because the fens are a hellhole. It is just knee-deep mud and sog. Is that not the one where the body paint wouldn't come off? They were actually physically stained with it for days. There's a couple of points where it gets a bit patchy, but other than that, you would think it would be coming off all the time, considering the time, you know, the 70s when they painted these people. And, it's and the fact that they're also in a swamp. In England. In autumn, from the looks of things. <laughs> they must have been absolutely freezing, you know, miserable, wet. So I suppose in some ways you need to give them a little bit of extra credit for just managing to get through it at all without just going, ah, oh, sod this, we're all going home. It's fun, it's harmless. As we've said before, we are quite often prepared to overlook certain things in the original series that we are not necessarily prepared to overlook in the current one. I mean, there's no way we put up with this this type of script writing, especially oh, considering God, no. who it is. It's fucking awful. But I do actually think that a lot of the written dialogue, especially between the Doctor and Romana... Yeah, there is yeah. some really lovely sparkly bits. Mm-hmm. And actually, the, the special effects on the screen for the Squidly Diddly are quite good for the 
time. You know, later on, they'd have just bunged some BBC micrographics up and it would look like Horace and the Spiders. But, you know, at least they were making a bit of an effort in this one. Do you mind if we move on to quotes? Because I think my nice. quote kind of sums it up, really. My quote is, he's not the great one, he's the insignificant one. And he says, Kroll is all wise, all powerful. And he says, all baloney. And it's wholly <laughs> writ. It's atrociously writ. Oh, bugger, yeah. that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we can share, we can share, future. It's all right. I'm not greedy. Progress is a very flexible word. It can mean just what you want it to mean. I never found the actual quote written down, Terry, but that Tom Baker morality thing was going to be mine. Now that you actually found the exact quote, there you go. I can say you stole it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the exact quote actually has well, comma, blah, blah, blah. Um, I'm sorry, being pedantic. What, you? (laughs) We're never pedantic on this podcast. Interesting. The doctor's nearly twice as old as he was then, now as well, because he quotes himself as being 760. Yeah. It's not a bad age. And now he's quoting himself as nearly double that. I do think it's quite hilarious he's jamming a pink rod in an octopus, though. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) I don't know why he had to jam it in a certain spot. The tentacle was all around him. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. Yeah. Oh, well, let's just agree that this episode does not stand up to close examination. One question before we finish. Does anybody know what Rom Dutt's accent was actually supposed to be other than crap? Terry Wogan. <laughs> Wasn't it Terry Wogan? Was it Terry Wogan? I believe he was doing a Terry Wogan impression, yeah. <gasps> well, listen, there's a lot of people we've got to say thank you to. We posted on the Facebook page saying that we were going to do this episode. Right this very minute, we've got 27 people who've uh, awesome. liked the picture of the TARDIS in the swamp that we shared, and we asked for any comments about the episode. James Bloodworth says it's possibly his first ever memory of Doctor Who. It was at the end of episode four with Tom Baker shoving the wand into Kroll. Tentacle Wrestling says Jenny, lame yet awesome at the same time. One of the best Baker episodes for that season, even if Kroll looked a bit of its time in inverted commas says Joe Hadron. Can't take anything away from that story. Paul Irving says Happy New Year. Thank you, Paul. Jolly Green Giant followers were so bad, says Jeff Waddle. Yeah, we, we do agree. With <laughs> <laughs> and it's one of his favourite episodes ever. Eddie, you are deranged, but they're going to yeah. be sensible if you were listening to our podcast, would you? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Chris Buchanan, Swamp People, tentacles all up in their pipes. Baker waving his round around. Nice environmental message. And Chris, congratulations from all of us. Chris has yeah. just a young baby in the family. He's broke. Well done. Yes. John Harley, Ray Wenzel, Mark Cockrum, all lovely comments. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Yeah, we agree. And if you want to know what they said, go over to the Facebook page. A lot of people like the post. Just want to say a quick thank you to all of those, to Nick and Terry and Jack and Jenny, to John Wilden, Chris, Chris, Eddie Rush, Victoria Simmons, Belinda Lawlight, Misha, Joe, Mark, Ray, you are... Vikram, Istvan, Holly, Kimberly, Ray, Vicky, Vicky, Vicky Tanaki, uh, Sue Hartness, Bell, Brian, Dean, Andrew, and Adrian. Thank you very much for supporting the podcast. May I also thank the people in G Plus who've been plusing regularly, and also special mention to people who suggest material to post, like Chris Buchanan again, and Frank <laughs> Beanie. And regular plusers like Dirk Real, Ernest W, Michelle Ferry, Nicholas Kaufman, Joe Haywood, Vicky Tanaki. She's like everywhere. Her and Chris Buchanan. They're like spamming the internet everywhere they go. And Ferg 
Neil, John, Swan, Beth, Stalker, Brian, Villano, Sir Charles, John Swan, Mark Gorman, Martin Lehrer, Maureen Lipset, Lexi Milton, Jesus, Ronquillo. You're just making this up. There's no way this Martin Lehrer, Carpathian, Kittimer, William Scrimshire, Lily Hobbs, Bianca Van de Berg, Holly Reed, and Justin Howell, and many, many more. I just decided to cut the list short because it's too much. <laughs> It can't be many, many more. I'm pretty sure you just oh, yeah. read the entire roster <laughs> no, of Google no, Plus. No, 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 no. This is just. She's making them up. There's I no know way she... that many people on there. No, we have people I'm that having... genuinely follow us on social media channels and genuinely support the podcast. You're all insane, but God love you anyway. Thank you very much. Yeah, I mean, thank you. We for... like to think that you're here with us, sharing a glass, enjoying the moment, listening to my bronchial tumors. <laughs> uh, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Oh, uh, okay. oh, yeah, that's right. I'm rolling up my sleeves. I am going to roll the wheel of who. Ready? Ready. Here it goes. Time lash. Time lash. Do it again. Do it again. Ignoring that one. Okay. Here go. Okay. 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 Taking a running jump here. The web planet. Mm. Hey, yes. Marty oh, Joyce sweet. in a bee suit. Oh. <laughs> and, and a bit of that one's slow. Alright, okay, alright, so <laughs> what we're going to do next time, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to do Web Planet. I need to go and give my throat a rest. We have been the Dirty Hoes Doctor Who Podcast. Hope you are too. Bye. Ta You've been listening to. The Dirty Hooers Doctor Who Podcast. Follow us on iTunes or at DirtyHooers.com. Find us on Twitter at Dirty Hooers. Oh yeah, we're also on Facebook. See you next time. Crispy cannons, swamp people, testicles. No? Tentacles. <laughs> Let's do that again. Whoa. Yeah. There's the outtake. Oh, now we have to <laughs>